And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 211 of Radio Free Asgard. My name is Tom Harris, and I'm your host of the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. That's me. And we come at you, as we always do, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. And that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Welcome to autumn, folks. Yeah, uh, since last time we talked, I think the the uh, autumnal equinox has occurred. And not only that, but last night we had the blood moon. Ooh, the blood moon. Scary. And, uh, of course, I missed it because <laughs> I, was got, I got busy doing other stuff. What can I say? And, and by the time I realized, oh, crap, I need to go outside and watch the eclipse and, and all that. It was all over with. So, oh well. Yeah, that's the story of my life. A day late and a dollar short, etc., etc. Anyway, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show, but we do have an issue of Thor to cover as we approach the end of the new Thor run. So let's just go ahead and move along with our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard Where the booming heavens roar And this week we are looking at Thor number 7, cover price, $3.99, cover date is June of 2015, so we're getting caught up to the present here. Cover art is by Dowderman, and shows Thor facing off against the Destroyer, who looks a whole lot like the movie Destroyer with this sort of weird angled head, and... We are seeing the Destroyer from behind as he is glowing towards uh, Girl Thor. And that is uh, what we're looking at here. And, of course, we have the ugly logo in bright red. And then we can open up to the splash page where we have the recap. It looks to be the same uh, recap as what we had last time. So I won't read it this time. And the title of the story, The Battle for the Hammer. Jason Aaron is the writer. Russell Dowderman is the artist. Matthew Wilson is the color artist. VCs Joe Sabino was the letter and production person. Uh, Dowderman and Wilson did the cover. Ryan Brown, Pascal Ferry, and Soto Color did the variant covers. And, of course, I don't know what any of those look like. John Moisan is the assistant editor. Will Moss, the editor. Axel Alonzo is the editor-in-chief. Joe Casada is the chief creative officer. Dan Buckley is the publisher, and Alan Fine is the executive producer. And Thor was created by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. And we open up to the beginning of the story, anyway, where we heck up, uh, pick up with, uh, you know, Roz Solomon. You know, so she's supposed to be on vacation, but instead of being on vacation, she is running around being chased by rocks on goons. And uh, she's being called by uh, Coulson on the phone. And uh, she's running down a hallway, getting shot at, dodging bullets. And Coulson's like, Roz, got a minute? For you, Coulson, sure, any time. Sorry to bother you. How's the vacation going? 
the guards are yelling, You are trespassing on sovereign corporate ground. Halt in the name of Roxon. Oh, you know, just taking it easy. Hold on one sec, will you? And she goes bursting out a window with a crash. And Colson on the phone is like, What was that noise? Oh, just pouring myself another margarita. What's up, Phil? Sounds like you're having a nice, relaxing time. I'm really happy to hear that. I know you had a rough stretch there with what that nasty rocks on business in Broxton. Furthest thing from my mind right now. That's great. Because if I'm being honest, I was really worried about you being able to let go for a bit. That's why I called you as soon as I saw the alert. What, what alert is that? Roxon is reporting a break-in at one of its subterranean facilities. You don't say. And she says, Ross? Uh, and uh, she, as this is happening, she you know, is falling after leaping out the window. And she's falling towards this big giant green lake. Uh, looks like a toxic sludge. And she lands on her car with a thud. And Colson on the other end of the, the, the phone. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? Nope, not ringing any bells. We see some of the guards had fallen into the goop as well, and they're being dissolved, and they're going, Arg! She's taken off in her flying car. But on a completely unrelated note, says Ross, I did stumble across some hard evidence of Roxanne's massive and massively illegal underground toxic waste dump. You're going to be the death of me, Roz, says Colson. No, Roxanne will. They'll be the death of us all unless we stop them. Did you take any actual time off at all? I slept until after five this morning. Does that count? And the, you know, people are shooting at the car, putting old dents in the car. And like, ding, ding. You just earned yourself three more weeks of paid vacation. That's an order. Now you're just being mean, Colson. Look, if it'll make you happy... I'll call Thor and see if he wants to go out for a drink. Still doesn't make him my boyfriend, though. And Colson's like, Thor? Oh, Roz, I thought you knew. Knew what? And we see the, the cars taking off through the, uh, the hatch in this underground uh, thing. And the guards shooting at the car. And they're in the, some really nice looking mountains somewhere. And we see, uh, you cut to the inside of the car, and Roz is like, What do you mean lost his hammer? Happened a few days ago. We don't know all the details yet, but what we know isn't good. Boyfriend or not, it might have been a good time to reach out to him. Where do I find him? And then we see the car as it's taking out over the earth, and it lands on the moon. So I guess this car uh, can fly in space, and they fly really fast. And we see the car landing on the, the blue area of the moon, and the hammer is sitting there. So this obviously takes place before the, the new Thor picked up the hammer. So ooh, what's going on here? And uh, Roz finds the hammer. He's like, found the hammer, but no Thor. If he's gone, it won't be for long. He rarely leaves the side of that thing. He still tries to pick it up every chance he... Coulson, Coulson, come in. Hey, did you know there's actually breathable air in the blue area of the... And she just happens to glance up and, and sees the earth floating there. And we get a little soliloquy here from her. It's still beautiful, isn't it? Even after all the horrible crap we've done to it, it still takes your breath away. And it's still worth fighting for. Even if the more we fight, the less it seems like a battle we can actually win. Companies like Roxxon are only getting stronger and more reckless, while S.H.I.E.L.D.'s resources and allies keep dwindling away. If we only had something to tip the scales, something big, that could... 
And she looks at the hammer in a meaningful way. And we shift scenes to the present day. And we have girl Thor wearing, it looks like slightly different armor than what we've been seeing her in up till now. And uh, she's still fighting the destroyer. And this, of course, is in, uh, you know, the Roxanne's island. Because they, they, they never seem to leave that place. <laughs> so uh, Thor is getting ready to whack the destroyer. You came here seeking battle. Battle you have found. Now falls the destroyer. And she's getting ready to whap him good, but we see he's glowing. And uh, he lets out this big, huge blast, knocks Thor back. And uh, she just gets pushed back and falls to the ground. Ouch! That must be what it feels like to get hit in the face with the sun. I've seen this thing in action before. The destroyer is Asgard's greatest weapon, an unstoppable suit of living armor. So there's a clue there. This is telling you that this person, whoever it is, has seen the destroyer fight before. So, you know, hey, they're narrowing it down a little. Gotta get away from these people. Even if they do work for Roxxon, they still don't. Hold that thought. And the destroyer is uh, running towards her and rams her, pushes her off the side of the island. And we see her falling. And I guess he's falling, too. And she's like... Verily, twas a nice try, Destroyer. Enjoy the rest of thy fall. And he's falling, but as he's falling, he's also blasting her with his energy beams. And we see both of them uh, falling to, uh, I guess, to, to the ground. I guess they're over Oklahoma at this point because there's oil wells and shit. So they're, they're somewhere like that. And she's stunned. And, and uh, I guess she's lost the hammer. And she's, she's looking around for it. She's like, Mjolnir, where is the... Oh, hell! And she sees the destroyer kind of looming up out of the, the murk, and he has Mjolnir in his hand. But how can that be? How can the destroyer be worthy to lift Mjolnir? Well, we're going to find out. But first, we have a, a, a one-page interlude in Asgardia in uh, Odin's throne room, and Odin is uh, talking to, uh, to Cool. Who is, whose spirit is actually animating uh, the destroyer. I've done it, brother, says Cool. I hold the hammer of Thor. Do not fool yourself, Cool. You would never be worthy of such a feat. The destroyer holds the hammer, one weapon lifting another. It's merely your spirit that animates the armor. Now bring Mjolnir to me. And the lass? Bring her as well. But first, teach her why one should never lay hands on that which is Odin's. Yes, old father, says Cool, And we see the shifting back to uh, the destroyer. And the other voice, teach her I shall. And uh, so the destroyer is trying to whap Thor with the hammer. And here we get uh, one of the few inconsistencies that I'm finding in, in the artwork. Where the, the hammer seems to get bigger and smaller depending on who's, who's holding it, which is kind of odd. But anyway, uh, it, since the Destroyer's holding it, it's like really enormous, and <laughs> it's like bigger than, uh, than Thor's head. Anyway, the Destroyer's trying to bash her with the hammer, and she's like, huh? I know not what dark soul animates thy mighty shell, Destroyer, but I can make a fair guess at who sent you. Tell Odin if he desires my hammer, he should be god enough to face me himself. 
And then she headbutts the destroyer because that makes sense, you know, because the destroyer's not just a suit of armor. So, <laughs> so it goes cronk, but apparently that creates like a big flash of light and um, like a flash. And somebody goes is going arg. I don't know if that's a girl Thor going arg or the destroyer going arg. But anyway, uh, who knows? And uh, we then shift scenes, and it is the skies of Midgard. And we see Thor, and he's in his chariot being hauled by his two goats. And he hears a voice. Where are you, my son? And that's Freya, obviously. It's as if you can't tell from my bad imitation of Freya. On Midgard, mother, seeking answers, says Thor, and finding none. Wait there. The magic of the Bifrost will bring me to you. What is it? What's happened? What has father done now? And we get a little rainbow explosion occurring here. And obviously they're making the, the Bifrost a, a whole lot more like the, the Bifrost in the, in the movie. Do not speak to me of Odin. Just pray we are not too late to right his wrongs. And Freya emerges from the glowing rainbow uh, portal thingy. My axe is yours, mother. Though judging by thy grave expression, I wonder if that will be enough. Against such a foe as we must face this day, aye, it would be best if we had an army, but I'm afraid we haven't the time to raise one. I beg to differ, mother. We have the Rainbow Bridge, and I already hold a list. And he holds up the list of the uh, women that he's investigating to see which one is his girl Thor. And we shift scenes back again to the fight between the Destroyer and Thor, and more importantly to the Island of Roxxon, which is floating above the fight. And the uh, two people who are witnessing this fight is, of course, Dario Agar, who just refuses to fucking go away, and Malekith. And uh, Agar's like, Thor and her companion appear to have taken their business in the oil fields below. I imagine our insurance company will like that even less than I do. Could we confirm that Roxxon Island is secure? Scan show no unauthorized personnel anywhere on the island, but Mr. Agar, sir, we have, we have found a flying car... Left abandoned about a mile above us. It definitely belongs to S.H.I.E.L.D. Our old friend, Agent Solomon, no doubt. If we're lucky, she's falling to her death as we speak. Start the engines and take us out of here. And Malekith is disappointed. Ah, aren't we going to stay and watch Miss Thor die? You and I are going to conclude our business, Malekith. You're all work and no fun, Agar. I bet you've never even killed someone just for the hell of it. Shall I start now? says Agar. Oh, I do love it when you threaten me. Say, what say we seal this pact of ours the proper way, the dark elf way? After all, I need blood to cast the spell upon the skull. And you, Agar, I imagine you'd like a look at what it is you've bought. And so Malkin starts to cast a spell, and there's a lot kind of weird gloopy strings coming off him it makes me really think of the uh, the the god butcher <laughs> but uh that's not what he's doing here so he's created this sort of magical image he's showing anger what you know about the uh, the nine realms or ten realms i guess it is there are ten realms in total all spread along the world tree midgard you know that's the tawdry little world you call home the one you've already burrowed so thoroughly full of holes and pilfered of anything useful there was never much of anything useful in Jotunheim, unless you count legions of half-witted giants, which I do. 
In Edeveller, you'll find every precious gemstone you've ever heard of, and many you haven't, all guarded by dull little dwarves inside dull little mountains. Vanaheim is filled with dusty old gods, and enough trees to build a bonfire the size of the sun. Haven, that's the new one. Haven't been to that realm yet, but oh, I cannot wait. Muspelheim is fire. Niflheim is ice. Svartalfheim is mine. Asgard, well, we'll talk about that one later. And this, this is Alfheim. And they come out of this uh, sort of portal thing, and they're in Alfheim, and we see a little pixie-type uh, creature watching them, sitting in a flower, and they're overlooking the, you know, the beautiful valley, and there's like this flower-like city. It's kind of sitting down in the valley. Nothing here but cute little light elves. Help me murder a bunch of them, won't you? And the two of them go off to murder elves. And we see in the background this sort of weird map of, of Alfheim. And in the foreground we see uh, the, the Minotaur and Malekith. And basically they're going around killing people. And there's a lot of green blood spurting everywhere. And have the, the Minotaur is like, like spiking the little fairies with his horns. And yeah, so basically they're just murdering a bunch of elves. And we shift back to the fight between Thor and the Destroyer. And she's trying to punch him in the stomach. And then it's going crung. And she's going arg Because punching a suit of armor, that makes a lot of sense. I guess uh, the Destroyer going to backhands her with Mjolnir. And, and sends her flying. And Thor's getting up off the ground. And just lightning kind of crackling around her. That, that will be the last time you ever strike me with mine own hammer. You can barely hold it, can't you? I can see it shaking in your mighty grasp, fighting to be free. That is the hammer of Thor. It is not meant for the likes of you. Is that not right, Mjolnir? And it seems like she's trying to summon it, and there's there's lightning kind of crackling around it. And I guess it's supposed to be shaking. And eventually it, it, uh, it pulls over the destroyer and starts doing this ricochet thing like she's been having the hammer do every couple of issues where it's just going pew, 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 pew all around. And the destroyer with it and eventually uh, smashes the destroyer through a big old oil tank with a thoom. And of course oil is spilling everywhere. And Thor is there and she's crackling with lightning and uh, she shoots lightning out of her hands which I don't really recall Thor ever doing, but I could be wrong. And uh, there's like this big, huge mushroom explosion, almost like a nuclear explosion. And we see it from the viewpoint of uh, some cows who are quite far away. And this big fiery mushroom cloud coming up. And uh, we see Thor, and she's uh, in the middle of the explosion. She's okay. And Mjolnir comes out of this big explosion and it whaps in her hand. So she has the hammer back and she gives a little kiss and she says, good hammer. And then we get a little bit of exposition here from girl Thor. This is like her thinking inside her head. This is not how it ends. I will not be a footnote to history. I will not be the woman who was Thor for five days and then fell. This is not how I die. And uh, the, you know, the, during this whole time, the destroyer is kind of encroaching on her, coming out of the explosion, and he's burning. And you know, and, but he's still coming, and his uh, visor starts to glow, getting ready to blast her. And then the destroyer speaks. Just so you know, girl, my name is Kulborson, the serpent. 
the god of fear. And I have quite a bit of experience when it comes to the killing of Thors. Mayhap, but you have never met a Thor like me. And she's thinking to herself, can't stop my hand from shaking. No, wait, it's the hammer that's shaking. God, that's even worse. And we get more of this exposition. I am Thor, goddess of thunder. And no matter what happens today, I know this is not the end of my story. My true story hasn't even begun, but it's about to. And just as she thinks that, a big portal opens up, and there's a whole bunch of people just coming out of the portal. And basically, it's everybody who's on this list. So it's all the uh, the female characters that, that Thor thought might be girl Thor, and Freya, and Thor. They come striding out of this big old portal. And uh, the real Thor says, you will not stand alone this day, Thor. So swears Prince Odin, son of Asgard. And his mother, says Freya. And their army. Am I right, ladies? To be concluded. And that is Thor number seven. And of course, as always, we do have a few words to say about this. But first, a promo. Hey, kids, comics. Hey, Michael. Yeah? We need to do a new promo. A new one? A new one. Why? Because we've moved. Moved? Moved. We've moved to a new place. We still read comics. We do. We still talk about comics. Because you can't do a comic book podcast unless you read and talk about comics, because that's kind of stupid. But now, we have a new episode still available every Thursday, but at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Hey Kids Comics! So remember, Hey Kids Comics has moved to twotruefreaks.libson.com. Still, every Thursday. That'll do, won't it? And you guys should check out the show while you still can, because it looks like Hey Kids Comics is going away, at least for the time being. Yeah, they're wrapping up the run as uh, Michael, one of the hosts, is going off to university. So best of luck to you, Michael, and your university adventures, if you're listening. And uh, yeah, but you guys should check out at least, you know, you can always go back and listen to the old shows, too. But at least uh, these last couple weeks worth of Hey Kids Comics. Uh, as they come out now over at Two True Freaks. Anyway, it's yeah, I'm going to miss them. It's, it's uh, one of my uh, few weekly podcasts that I actually listen to uh, r- really regularly. Anyway, so uh, of course we have a few things to say about the issue. Why would we not? That's why we're here. To be honest with you, the story is nothing special. It's just another continuation of, the, of what you know, Jason Aaron has going on. They really don't get any further towards solving the mystery of, of the female Thor. They kind of continue this never-ending Dario Agar storyline, which is still annoying me. And we get a little bit of, of resolution here at the very end. We've got this coming together of the various women who Thor suspects could be the female Thor, with two notable exceptions. There's two people who aren't here, and it's, of course, the two women from Midgard, Ross Solomon and Jane Foster. And, of course, we know where this goes already, but, again, I'm not going to spoil it until next issue, even though we already know who the female Thor is, so it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. But, anyway... Um, our work, for the most part, really good. I'm not crazy about how cutesy he draws Ra's Solomon. I think she kind of is a kick-ass character, and I, and I actually like the character. But the way that Dowderman draws her, she's very cute and pixie-ish. And that, to me, just isn't the character. I, you know, So I, I do have a little bit of a problem with that. I, I like her more lanky and you know more, I don't know, more athletic-looking 
than the sort of cute character that we have here. More like the way that Isad Rebic was drawing her, I think. But yeah, I can't complain too much. I mean, the art, generally speaking, really good. And if it, even if it doesn't get up to quite the heights of last issue, you know, where, where he had a little bit of extra time to work on it. But at least it's decent to look at, still pretty to look at. And he tells the story reasonably well. Uh, we got Agar and Malekith now and Alfheim kind of slaughtering everything they see. Um, they're not really facing enough opposition for my taste. You know, Alfheim isn't, I know that Jason Aaron turned into Candyland and maybe that deserves to die. But, you know, you would think that Alfheim, you know, to be its own realm and its own right and to have kept from being conquered by the Frost Giants or whatever for all these centuries would at least have some tough fighters. So it looks like they're having a little bit too easy of a time. Can't imagine that Thor was was defending these elves for for all of eternity until he, he started hanging out on Earth all the time. But anyway, so I'm not really sure what I think about that. But again, I'm getting tired of Jason Aaron's never-ending plotline. And again, I, I'm not crazy really about the way he's telling the story. But it's not bad. You know, it's, it's just not great either. So anyway. All right. So with that, it's time to wrap up the show for this week. Gosh, this week went fast. I guess it's, uh, yeah, we're a little bit early, but hey. Anyway, uh, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us on Facebook and just look for us on Facebook under Radio Free Asgard and you will find us. And you can also find us on Twitter at Radio Free Asgard is our Twitter handle. So uh, feel free to come join us over there. A little bit more talk about mythology over there than we've been talking about over on the Facebook page. So, yeah, so there, there's a little bit something different in every place to, to go check out. So if you're not already part of our Twitter page, come on, join us. And with that, I am back over the Bivrust, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.